Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to this teleconference on China's power reform. In this call, we will discuss our recently published report presenting our views on the objectives of the reform and its impact on grid companies, IPPs, renewable operators, and power users. Today's speakers are Wei Yu, Associate Director, and Penny Chen, Director from the APAC corporate team. Please open the presentation now as we will reference it during this call. The presentation link was included in the invitation of this teleconference. Once we are done with the prepared remarks, we will address your questions in the Q&A section. Please note that participation in this Fitch Ratings teleconference is strictly limited to invited guests. If you are not an invited guest, please disconnect at this time. Please note that Fitch does not provide investment advice, including buying, holding, or selling securities, nor does it conduct securities offerings of any kind. Opinions expressed by Fitch Ratings on this call may change in the future and are subject to the limitations and disclaimers printed on Fitch's related rating action commentaries and rating reports, and also accessible on the Fitch Ratings website. I will now, I will now hand the line over to Wei. Okay, thanks, Rohit. Hi, everyone. Uh, my name is Wei Yu. Uh, I'm a credit analyst with uh, Fitch Ratings. I have uh, my colleague Penny, uh, Penny Chen, also on the line. Uh, we have just published the What Investors Want to Know report on China's uh, power reform. Uh, this report intends to paint a picture of how the report, uh, sorry, how the reform impacts uh, great companies, uh, power jankos, uh, wind and solar farms, power users, basically everyone along the industry chain. Uh, so what is the reform? The reform is about regulating the middle, uh, which is the transmission and distribution part, uh, and opening up two ends, uh, which is the generation and the consumption. Uh, for power grid companies, uh, before the reform, uh, they basically buy electricity from IPPs and sell it to end users. So grid companies, uh, they were uh, practically both uh, the grid operators and also uh, uh, effectively also the electricity retailers. Uh, after the reform, uh, the grid companies are supposed to be just the grid operator, operators. Uh, this is one change for power jankos. Uh, they used to sell all the power to the grid company uh, at government set prices. Um, and uh, how much electricity they can generate and sell is also decided by provincial governments. Uh, after the reform, uh, power jankos will need to sell electricity on the market and think about the price and volume. Where in some provinces, for example in Shanghai, uh, <clears throat> they can also make contact directly with end users to se secure uh, bilateral contracts. Uh, <clears throat> we have a chart on page three uh, on, on the presentation, if you have it in front of you. Um, the chart summarizes the composition and the changes of the electricity prices. Uh, the, okay, on the very uh, left end, the price uh, <clears throat> of end users uh, is the Oh, sorry, the very right side of uh, the chart, uh, the end user price uh, is uh, the combination of uh, uh, on-grid tariffs, the transmission tariff, the distribution tariff, 
uh, and various surcharges. Uh, before the reform, ongoing tariffs and uh, uh, end user prices were set were both set by the government. And the difference between the two uh, would be the margin of uh, power grid. Now, uh, with the reform in place, this goes the other way around. Uh, the government sets the TND tariffs, tariffs for power grids uh, and leaves the selling and a buying prices to the market. So this is, a, this is the reform. Um, let's talk about the impact on power grids. Uh, they're generally hurt by lower margins, uh, but to a limited extent, we would say. Uh, the job of setting TND tariffs for each province uh, was, was done last year. Uh, and this year, NDRC has also finished setting up long distance transmission, uh, setting the tariff for a long, distance, long distance transmission lines. So how to set the tariff, uh, the TND tariff? Well, the regulated TND tariff uh, is, is based on a regulated revenue divided by expected volume. And the regulated revenue is in turn based on the regulated costs and the regulated profit. Uh, so the keyword would be regulated. Uh, if the cost is too high or irrelevant to quick operation, it gets cut. Uh, we can see on page five um, that for 23 provinces out of the total 32, uh, the new TND tariffs set this time uh, are actually lower than their previous margin between on-grid tariff and, and end-user tariff. Uh, according to NDRC, power grid revenue will be reduced by 48 billion renminbi uh, from resetting of provincial TNE tariffs. Uh, the 48 billion basically is around 10% of the combined EBITDA of the uh, two grid companies, State Grid or SGCC and the Southern Grid or CSG. Uh, we can also see that both State Grid and Southern Grid had lower margins in two, 2017, uh, and uh, Southern Grid is uh, impacted more. Uh, we'll come back to that in a minute. Um, <clears throat> but on the positive side, we can take a look at uh, page six. Uh, the reform removes price and volume risk. Uh, <clears throat> volume is uh, where most volatility comes from for power grid. If we take a look at state grid's operating cash flow in history, it correlates very well with China's total power consumption. Uh, and price risk also exists uh, because hydropower gener generally has lower on-grid tariffs than thermal and other renewables. Uh, so if the power grid buys, buys more hydropower, it can lift its margin by lowering its uh, uh, sourcing price, uh, just like the southern grid did in the past few years. Uh, but now as the, uh, as the tariff is based on the uh, regulated cost and return, it shouldn't matter in the long term uh, <clears throat> as to the combination of uh, hydro versus thermal. Uh, okay. So when the actual revenue deviates from uh, regulated revenue, uh, the surplus or deficit uh, would go to a balanced account and it will be factored in uh, uh, tariff adjustment in the next reviewing cycle. Uh, going to the next page, uh, seven. 
uh, we can see that uh, a southern grid, CSG, has been more impacted than uh, uh, the state grid by the reform. The reason is that before the reform, uh, China's southern grid was having higher capital return than state grid. Uh, the reason was because during 2011 to 2015, as we can see the chart on the left, uh, CSG bought significantly more uh, uh, hydropower and uh, managed to lower its average sourcing price. Uh, in 2015 and 2016, uh, the ROE of uh, China's southern power grid has uh, uh, surpassed uh, SGCC, and it, so it was brought down in 2017 uh, when the impact of the reform started to manifest. Well, this is also consistent with uh, our observation that uh, in some of the provinces uh, serviced by China Southern Grid, for example, Yunnan province, Guizhou province, and especially the uh, Guangdong provinces, uh, the cut in TND tariff uh, was more than national average. Okay, the next page shows uh, the cash flow and credit metrics of, of the uh, two great companies where they, uh, they generally have uh, higher leverage metrics, um, but, uh, but are still okay. Uh, page 10 is uh, the impact on power genkos, which is negative. Uh, because market prices are, are lower than previous uh, uh, government set on-grid tariffs because of uh, uh, industry oversupply, obviously. Uh, but uh, before the re reform, provincial governments got to decide how much electricity each genko can generate and sell. Uh, we call this uh, the quota allocation system. Well, this part of volume gets uh, government set uh, tariffs. Uh, now some of the electricity, uh, where, which was 26% in 2017, uh, on a national uh, average basis, is sold on the market. Uh, so we now have a combination of the quota allocation uh, and the market trading. And the, 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 uh, the long-term agenda is for a market-traded volume to gradually increase and eventually replace the quota, uh, current quota allocation, uh, and the whole industry will be market-driven. Um, but uh, uh, realistically, the, the IPP is about a bigger problem of uh, then uh, the, the, the market trading, which is uh, uh, the high coal prices. So we have the chart on page 10, uh, which shows that uh, the thermal power plant's profit really plunged in 2017. Uh, you can see that the blue bars uh, are their profits, which fell 83% uh, in 2017, and the green part is uh, the profit uh, they would have uh, if not for the market trading. <clears throat> so uh, the market trading played a part, but the main cause of uh, profit, profit uh, uh, fall was still uh, the, the uh, higher fuel cost. Page 11, uh, <clears throat> in the future, we think the percentage of the market trading will, will keep going up for sure, but uh, market prices may find some support as well. Uh, in the first half of this year, the average market price of coal-fired power 
was uh, uh, 334 RMB per megawatt hour, uh, which is actually slightly higher than 326 in 2017. Uh, we, we can also look at the charts on page 7 at the bottom. Uh, it shows that the discount uh, of market price to government tariffs in Guangdong province you know, on a monthly basis, uh, which uh, many people check, the, the discount uh, has been much much lower uh, and actually more stable uh, in 2018. Uh, the next page, uh, we have uh, we have a chart that uh, shows the impact on IPPs is actually different uh, in different provinces. But the central government uh, sets the direction for the power trading uh, mechanism, but for the detailed plans, you know, for example, how much electricity uh, is set aside for the trading, uh, who can participate in the trading, uh, these sort of things are decided actually by the provincial government. So our observation is that uh, provinces with large exposure to uh, energy-intensive economy are more inclined to, you know, proactively push for higher percentage, higher percentage of uh, uh, market-traded power and a bigger discount. <clears throat> and also, provinces with, uh, you know, a big local IPP giants uh, that that accounts for a big market share uh, tend to be more conservative in promoting market trading. Because it's only natural that provincial government, governments would want to protect a local con local companies, uh, especially local uh, uh, SOEs. Uh, we have a case of Yunnan province. You can see uh, that province uh, <clears throat> at the top right corner of the chart. Uh, Yunnan province is, uh, has uh, it, it's very rich in metal resources. Um, uh, it's, uh, it, it also has several, actually several large SOEs in energy-intensive industries, you know, steel mills, uh, metal refining, coal chemicals, etc. And these SOEs are not doing very well currently. Uh, and on the other hand, the provincial power platform, Unit Energy, uh, has a relatively low market share. Uh, as most power plants in, in Yunnan, especially hydropower stations, are actually owned by the central SOEs. So we can see that Yunnan is very aggressive in setting high proportion of market-traded power, and the, the discount is also very big. Uh, by comparison, we can find another big province, Zhejiang province, uh, at the uh, left bottom corner. Uh, Zhejiang is... Uh, uh, you know, more focused on light industry uh, in terms of in terms of economy, and it has uh, uh, um, it has a very big provincial energy uh, SOE, Zhejiang Power, which owns around 50% of the local uh, power generating capacity. Uh, so the result is Zhejiang has uh, a, a much uh, lower percentage of market trading. Okay, so what's the impact on the big five IPP groups? Uh, the next page, uh, 13. Uh, they are holding on a relatively better, you know, from a credit perspective. Uh, it's because we think first they have uh, exposure to coal mining uh, capacities, which partially offset 
the currently high co prices. Uh, secondly, they have uh, some exposure to hydropower, more or less, uh, which is more stable in uh, profit as well. Uh, and also, they have been cutting capex, uh, <clears throat> which also, which is also good for their cash flow. <clears throat> Uh, okay, the next page 14 shows that uh, on the positive side, uh, the, the power reform uh, actually incentive, incentive, incentivizes uh, uh, power jankos to cut down capex uh, because uh, they should now consider the market supply and, supply and demand dynamics. Um, and also because the thermal power plants uh, which are approved, uh, not built, but approved after the document number nine, which was released at the end of uh, 2015, uh, will not be allocated basic generation quota. So all the power they uh, generate will, will have to be sold on the market and uh, accept the market prices. So we can see that uh, from the chart at the bottom on page 14, uh, <clears throat> the investment in China's power generation has really, you know, come down a lot. Okay, moving on to renewables. Uh, on page 16, <clears throat> the impact on wind and solar energy is mixed. Well, they have uh, uh, currently a, a lower percentage in market trading than thermal. And from the table at the... Uh, well, Left bottom corner, we can see that uh, wind and solar has currently like 20% participation in market training compared to 33% of thermal power. <clears throat> but NDRC really encourages more wind and solar forms you know, participation in, in the trading. Uh, the impact would be better than uh, uh, thermal uh, for wind and, wind and solar because the market trading can help improve their utilization rate. Uh, but of course, at the cost of lower ASP. Uh, while for thermal and hydro, it's just lower ASP. Um, the Western provinces in China generally have a higher market trading, you know, for renewables, uh, and these provinces happen to have a more serious, uh, you know, curtailment or great connection problem as well. <clears throat> so, uh, who's really Benefiting from the reform, uh, it's obviously the uh, power end users. Uh, we have a chart on page 18, which summarizes the, uh, the savings from lower, uh, <coughs> lower power prices for the end users. Uh, in 2016, uh, uh, the savings was mainly from uh, market trading and uh, uh, the cuts on uh, on grid tariffs, uh, which added up to around 100 billion. In 2017, uh, there was another 100 billion uh, <clears throat> savings in electricity costs, which mainly came from uh, TND tariff cut, reduction in uh, surcharges, and uh, more market trading. But in, uh, this year, the government has uh, has uh, explicitly set a target of uh, uh, another 
another 80 billion RMB savings, which uh, is mainly for commercial and industrial uses. Uh, okay, with that, um, this is uh, the end of this presentation, and so we are open for questions. Thanks. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, we will now begin the question and answer session. If you wish to ask a question, please press star 1 on your telephone keypad and wait for your name to be announced. If you wish to cancel your request, please press the pound or hash key. Once again, it is star 1 if you wish to ask a question. Hi, we I received a couple of questions from investors before the call. Number okay. one, why have market prices uh, why have market prices been higher this year, and what's your expectation for the future? Uh, okay, um, yeah, um, Mark, we can think of several reasons. Uh, an important reason is actually uh, the coal prices have averaged higher this year than last year. Uh, so. When Paul Jenkins do the market trading, they uh, they would calculate their cash margins, uh, so they would uh, need a higher market price to compensate for a higher fuel cost. Uh, the second reason uh, I would say the supply and uh, supply and demand dynamics uh, have really improved uh, because we have seen a higher utilization rate uh, from uh, uh, not just thermal power. Plants, but also from wind and solar, and basically everyone, uh, except for hydro, because it, it depends on the the water flow. <clears throat> uh, this is because, um, like like we have mentioned, that uh, uh, the power demand has been strong uh, in recent years, and uh, more importantly, the the capacity addition has been you know a lot less in recent years. Uh, and the third reason, uh, we think uh, it's because the power plants have been more rational uh, when, bid, uh, when bidding for the uh, volume. Uh, although it's, it's really hard to prove, but we think that uh, uh, the power plants have become more familiarized with the whole system and they would uh, um, be more rational when they come up with a price they want to accept. Uh, yep, so... I'm thinking high coal prices, uh, better industry uh, oversupply issue, and uh, 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 power, power plants being more rational. Yes. Once again, ladies and gentlemen, if you'd like to ask a question, just press star 1 on your telephone keypad now. Again, it is star one if you'd like another to ask question. a question. Okay, another another yes, question, Wei. Uh, what approaches what approaches has China taken to improve utilization of wind and solar power? What would market trading be effective in improving their utilization? Hmm. Uh, thanks. Uh, yeah, we think the utilization of wind and solar power uh, could be a strong uh, proof or indicator of uh, you know how effective the whole industry or the whole system is because uh, wind and solar basically have uh, a zero marginal cost. 
uh, and the low utilization would mean um, a complete waste. Um, <clears throat> NERC has really uh, tried a lot of different methods to improve their utilization. You know, from 2017, NERC uh, has started to set guaranteed utilization hours for wind and the solar power for each province. Now, provinces failed to, you know, uh, to meet that uh, guaranteed utilization would be forbidden from, you know, building more new wind and solar farms. So this is from the uh, generation side. Uh, we also know that uh, the government is, uh, is seeking opinions currently uh, on a quota system, which uh, basically require each province uh, and also each power user to cons consume a certain percentage of renewable power. Uh, this is uh, a policy, this would be a policy, it's, uh, it's not uh, in place yet. This would be a policy from the consumption side. Uh, but we think that market trading would be the ultimate approach to solve the problem. Uh, because uh, uh, wind and solar, you know, have uh, zero marginal costs, they can, they can bid at very low prices uh, and accept whichever, whatever uh, marginal prices that come out. Uh, so, in, in, a, in, a, in a very effective and the mature market uh, where they can accept any, you know, marginal prices, uh, it shouldn't be a problem that they would have some very low utilization rates. Uh, so, yes, uh, we think that market trading would be effective. Uh, but although it's, uh, it would be a little bit difficult to um, implement, which is, uh, which is another topic. Thanks. Thank you. So once again, ladies and gentlemen, if you'd like to ask a question, please press star 1 on your telephone keypad now. And there are no further questions at this time. I would now like to hand the conference back to Rohit. Please continue. Thank you. Uh, since there are no further questions, we will close the call now. If you have anything further to ask or would like to obtain copies of our publications, please feel free to reach out to our analysts or the investor development team. Operator, over to you. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, that does conclude our conference for today. Thank you for participating and you may all disconnect.